Hey, I'd just like to add something to the beginning of this episode. Uh, this is the 10th episode of Embor, which is super special because our podcast now has episodes numbering in the double digits. We also like just won an award on the Cauldron Discord server, which is so incredibly special. Mank and I can't express enough how much we appreciate the support from all of our listeners from around the world, to whom we would like to extend a thanks because each of you make this podcast happen. Now, we didn't mention the award in the actual episode itself because it was recorded a while back, but we'd like to take the opportunity to make an official request that people refer to this podcast under the name Award-Winning Podcast Embor each and every time you reference it. That was a joke. Seriously, thank you guys so, so much, and I'll stop stalling and let you guys listen to our 10th episode special. Take it away, Thanos. Hey there, I'm Thanos. Ambor is intended for listeners that have finished reading Worm and are passively familiar with Worm's many fanworks. Fanworks talked about during the show may be spoiled during discussion. And if you're going to listen anyway, ignoring this warning, you will be balanced. You've been warned. Misha's Bad Opinions and Reviews, also known as Embor, your premier podcast on the internet about worm fan fiction. And guys, guys, this has I'm been an etched, episode. I'm by the way. Thanks for That's etch. me. That's Etch, by the way. Etch Shetty. I forgot we to introduce are, Etch. We are because... honored today to, to be joined by one of the single most influential creators in, in my life, at least, uh, Dank. I know I have been personally... Um, one of my favorite books. I mean, I think it is my favorite book of all time. Uh, Worm. We're we're dancing around. Uh, Wildbo himself uh, is here today, uh, and we are so happy uh, to have him here. Um, so welcome to the show, Wildbo. Thank you so much for coming. Man, it's so weird to hear, like you know, your voice after. Such a long time of being completely shrouded in mystery. It is surreal. Yeah. Um, is this one of the? This is one of the first audio interviews you've ever done, right? Because uh, there was that one interview that you did um, a couple years back. I think this is while Twig was being finished up. Um, but it was it was entirely text. Um, I don't think I've ever. Yeah. This, this is this is the first ever Wild Bow audio interview. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> Get it? That is it's wild. Fun. That that is wild. Yeah. Um. Let's actually skip what we're reading for now. I I think I think we don't need to do that today. Um. Mostly because I don't think our guest uh legally <laughs> is allowed to disclose whether or not uh he yeah. reads fan fiction <laughs> or not. <laughs> um. So let's let's get straight into the. No, actually, Wildbo, you've read A Cloudy Path. That's a joke. Um, let's get straight into the, the questions. Um, so, Wildbo, you've written Worm, you've written Pact, you've written Twig, and you've written Ward. Uh, well, you're in the process war- of writing Ward. Yeah. It's four books, all of which 
have four letters. So to start us off easily, why do all of your titles have four letters in them? That's interesting. Yeah, I never would have guessed. Um... Oh, shit. Okay. Wow, that's that's actually a good lead-in for the next question I want to ask you is um, the whole creative process behind how you write. Do do you have, Mm. like, a background in creative writing or anything like that? I I know sometimes, you know, on, on the Discord servers, you talk about... Uh, your past, but that's usually like about like your high school experiences because you know it's in relation to Taylor and Worm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All of that um, led you to writing Worm? All of that together? Wow. Would, would you say that have any impact on, you know, your other works like uh, Pact and Twig? Because that's, you know, both of those are, I want to say, super far removed not not too far. I, it, they're kind of far removed from you know worm and ward as genres because you know worm was about a society of superheroics and I've only read parts of Pact and not and I haven't <laughs> touched Twig. Uh, and Pact is uh, as far as I'm concerned about uh, supernatural lawyering. Yeah, yeah. At, at least in my experience, that's how Marvel describes it. <laughs> The the rules, uh, not the rules. Tiny gladiators uh, screaming in the distance, um, but like how how to how to circumvent that in like a magical sense, um, which is a very interesting blend of like the rigidity of of real life and like the the um, mystical um, bendingness. That's not a word, uh, but you get what I'm trying to get across. <laughs> bendingness. I don't. Need, I don't. You don't get what I'm trying to cross. It's like it's like how it's uh, less less material um, with magic. There's more. No, nah, I just I just don't know <laughs> at all. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So, what was the process behind, or what was like the driving force behind you deciding to do something like Worm? Then, which is you know about Fair. superheroes. I, I mean, I, as far as I know, you've never or you're not a fan of comics you you didn't read them or you still don't mm-hmm. read them yeah i think you've said you're not a huge fan of like the marvel movies and cinemas i mean that's just in good taste <laughs> scorsese <Damn>. crying <laughs> oh that's interesting yeah. I mean, a lot of people have drawn comparisons to Watchmen uh, with Worm. But, like, uh, I, I've seen some analyses which say that Watchmen and Worm aren't really valid to be compared. Uh, because Worm is, is much of a 
a reconstruction of, of tropes of comic books, whereas Watchmen is a deconstruction. Because Watchmen takes the tropes of comic books like secret identities just because and like it just pushes it to its logical extremes, which is to say those don't work. But uh, in Worm, it's a reconstruction where those tropes are explained through mechanics like an intelligent power giving uh, magic space alien and like the unwritten rules are enforced by an interdimensional conspiracy who want to save the world. Like those are those are. Uh, yeah. I mean, Watchmen's also written by someone who doesn't really like superheroes. Let, let's be real here. I don't know too much about that. Huh. That's actually a good lead into the next question, which is like, how did you come up with the shards, the the mechanics of, of yes, power grinding? That's something that, I want to ask about. Just the yeah. whole the whole shard system, the whole power genning system, because it's wildly effective for both as like a game mechanic for Weaver dice and as a storytelling mechanic. Because mm-hmm. that Absolutely. is that is a ready made trauma package right there. That is just. <laughs> pure characterization you can build right into your character you have big examples of people like taylor what is one of her big pet issues it's you know being left alone it's being betrayed by people and that's like a hot button topic for her but it's wildly different from every cape to every cape so i I do want to ask is just where did this system come from is it is it you know completely original or have you taken cues from other places That is not a place I would have expected you to take inspiration from. I'm going to be real here. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually an interesting point because, like, a lot of the early capes in Worm, they don't feel... Like, if you were to gen with their triggers, they don't... The powers that they have now are not what they would come come out with because, like, they're not very wormy themselves. (laughs) Um, Insert joke about Brian here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he lied about his trigger. Oh. Oh wow, we should add that to the word of God. Do you think we can add that to the word of God list, Dank? Do you think that's like something we could do? Uh we'll cons- <laughs> we'll consult Kayakad. <laughs> that's what we'll, we'll consult Kayakad. That's that's yeah. uh that's up to him. We've or, got Jeff on call. Um, <laughs> we got Jeff on call. God, I, I want Jeff to come on this show. He needs to write something. Jeff, please write something. Come on this show. Please. Oh, okay. So, okay, that's interesting. So beyond, beyond just the whole powers, did you, so you kind of built this backwards, like with an end game in mind and then built the power system. That's, huh. So like you already had Scion in mind from the offset. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, a lot of people were comparing Scion to Superman. Actually, the first comment I saw that talked about Orm ever, the the, the com- comparison was to, I think it was All-Star Superman? Or, or Black Superman? I, I oh, um... Some evil version of him. Um, and I didn't get the reference until 
months later when I finished oh, someone someone drew a reference to one of the evil Superman because I would have thought it was uh, Superman 9000. You know, the literal golden god Superman where he spends like a couple thousand years in the sun. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see the comment about the evil Superman. I, I can link you to it afterwards, but oh, um, cool. that's actually a, a good a good segue into the next question. So Worm's online uh, presence has been very uh, contentious. It's mostly I know I found it through Reddit. I know a lot of people found it through TV tropes, but by far the biggest hub of Worm activity is uh, forums.spacebattles.com. Uh, uh, what I drove you, <laughs> I you, you to that yard. site? What uh. drove you to that site? Because I. <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to get into SV politics here, but, like, what? why did you go there? <laughs> okay, that's that's a fair... That's fair, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all go there for the hentai. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so... <laughs> that actually... <laughs> huh, okay. <laughs> Do you do you ever wish that, you know, the culture and I guess the fandom isn't so based in space battles? Would you have if you if you knew, you know, that it would grow to be this size, it the people would grow to be this vocal, would would you have rathered it got it got it start somewhere else? <laughs> I mean okay, that's true. You you're not yeah. Really but too like involved the, with that side. But IR, IRC, you know, you can't you can't expect the whole fandom to be located inside of an IRC group chat. Um, oh, publishing. That's a good point. Mm. Speaking of publishing, uh, I know I know that I personally have a lot of shelf space ready for whatever worm decides to become a physical thing. Do, do, you, do you have any crumbs for us? Oh, you can't leave it at that. Come on. I, I don't know what I expected. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't know what I was expecting there. Yeah. Um, when it does, when it does happen, uh, Amazon... Amazon so you can't even... Okay, okay, okay. All right. We'll, we'll leave you alone. <laughs> Is it gonna, uh, are you going to ship them in binders? <laughs> I actually saw a printout of a guy uh, on the, the Parahuman subreddit who did that. He has like a, like three huge binders uh, of worm. Uh, I, I, but like, I, I, want, I want like a novel size thing in my hands, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah, it's just... I, the, the printout I liked the most... Um, sorry, Walbo, I don't know if like you like talking about printings because publishers... But, like, I, I did see this one printer um, who had split Worm into eight books. Uh, I think they made custom covers for, like, each and every book. They're on DeviantArt, actually. It's really, really cool. Uh, they use, like, this uh, custom printing service to print it out. I thought it was... It looked great. I thought it looked phenomenal. Um, I would have Worm as a series of eight books on my shelf. If it was available today, I would just get it um, without any editing, aside from bringing Browbeat back, because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- th- that question about browbeat actually. I- <clears throat> Sorry, that that, Chris- that uh, not criticism. The thing about browbeat actually that brings something mm-hmm. something else up. Um, a lot of people 
I think both within the fandom and out of the fandom, a, a lot of people like to say that the story of Worm is grimdark. My personal feelings on that spectrum of storytelling aside, do you would you say that, you know, the story is grimdark? Because a lot of people say, oh, it's too grimdark. I don't want to keep reading it. I don't want to finish it. Or it's too long. It's too many bad things happening. What do you... What do you think on that side of of criticisms of your story, essentially? Yeah, I think I think Grimdark yeah. is a horrible, horrible term. <laughs> it's not even. I mean, it's not this fandom's term. It's forty k, but like, you know. <laughs> yeah. I hate the whole spectrum, you know, noble bright to grimdark. I hate, I hate it. I hate it so much. I could go on a whole rant about that. <laughs> so cringe. It, it tells you nothing. Yeah, you're right. It tells you nothing. It tells you nothing about what is actually happening in the story. It's just words people throw around. I don't, whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, there was one character who vaporized him instantly, and that was Browbeat, because you went back in time and killed him. I... Okay, I I'm, I can't talk about Browby for, for um is, is Peter paying you? Is has like five dollars just been transferred look. to your bank account? Is that what's going on? Look, okay, um, no, it's actually I I, I do have a serious point about Browby, which is like people have really gotten up in arms recently uh, against um word of author, word of God, uh, or Wog as the cool kids call it. Uh, J.K. Rowling is is the big author who publishes. <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's uh, that's a spicy God. take. Um, no, no, no. This is serious. I know, I know, I know. No, no, I don't want to compare anyone in this call to to J.K. Rowling, but like it's something that has to be said because I've been thinking about it a lot. J.K. Rowling publishes Word of God on her Twitter all the time, and people tend to hate it because it's not in the text, and it's not, it's not, it's not nothing that's in the story, like. Or rather, uh, it's nothing that it's nothing that adds to the story. Yeah, or, or or sometimes it like removes, like when she confirmed that Sirius was totally straight, which is totally not how he was portrayed in the book, but whatever. Um, whereas, whereas uh, there's also like the the idea of the retcon, where like in uh, in comics, for example, you, you know, there's re- redone origin stories where things just straight up are changed. Um, okay, but let's you've let's... done a little bit of both. Right, yeah, but but like comic retcons, you, 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 that's it's really incomparable. Simply because some of them have existed for like seventy fucking years, and modern comics are basically okay. fan all right. fiction. All right, all right, all I'm saying, all I'm saying <laughs> is that browbeat, browbeat, it was retconned out of existence. It was not a word of God. It was a retcon. He was alive, and then he wasn't. Um, but yeah. That that is um <laughs> Oh That's that's fair. That's fair. I mean it it, it is a very yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know what? What I would like to see—I don't know if this exists—is like a change log for things that have changed 
from like Lundberg. fucking patch notes, literal patch notes on the whole story. Because I, people, okay, so I read Worm, uh, twenty seventeen. I want to say yeah, twenty seventeen. So way after it started, and like mm-hmm. way after it was finished, and reading through it, I didn't know you deleted stuff like the witness interlude. I didn't even know that was a thing. Until people brought it up to me. I didn't know about the existence of the events that led up to that Thursday, which is really cool to read. I didn't know about Guts and Glory until I dove a little deeper. You know, your, your earlier Danger drafts zone. of the work. The earlier drafts of the work. Yeah. And, it, you know, it would... It... Yeah, no, exactly. It would be neat to, you know, have... To, to see how this story has been edited and changed and progressed since you first started posting it to the internet at large. Yeah, that's fair, I guess. It's just a little disappointing that... Okay, yeah. That's valid. That actually perfectly transitions to our next point. Uh, why did you uh, not include 9-11 in EarthBet? Like, what was the what was the decision behind that? Like, oh, so, so you you and Bin Laden are really close in real life. Oh wow, you actually play play video games on Steam together. You know, before you got shot. That's the kind of fascinating thing that you know you you only get to hear on Embor, and I'm really I'm really happy that we have this podcast to explore these kinds of things. And I'm really, yeah, I'm really glad, you know, you came on and explained these kind of things to us. Yeah. Because you, know? yeah. you can't really do this for a lot of other stories out there because either A, the creators are dead, or B, the creators are insane, like J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, I'm glad that you're here to tell us about, you know, your long and sordid love affair with Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> 